Hey, good morning. Thank you, Prescott, for tuning in to Prescott E-News, Prescott Talks. I am your host, Glenn Martin, and we're starting a little bit later today, but we're following up kind of last week's uh, shows when we had Representative Mark Fitcham here. We were talking about the overreach of the federal government into our state lands, how it's affecting us, who it's affecting, and uh, we'll be talking a little bit about uh, that more in detail today. And I would like to introduce my guests. First, I have Senator Judy Burgess, who's come in to speak to us about some of the, the issues that are going on. And we have, a, actually, we have a rancher, Shelly Blackmore, who uh, owns a ranch here in Arizona up by uh, Baghdad. And, um, and she is going to talk about how some of this stuff is affecting her and other ranchers within our area. And, and you know, Judy, we were... We were talking last week with Mark, and I really kind of got excited about the, 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 how much U.S. government land has taken over in, in Arizona, if I'm saying that right, or uh, federal land in Arizona, and how it affects the tax base. And today, you're going to kind of talk a little bit about water and how it affects our water. And before we came on the air, you know, even to a city slicker guy like me who came from California, I understand that who owns water has a lot of power over the landowners. So with that, can you kind of tell us where we're going with this? Well, Lynn, I think we always have to remember that government has an insatiable appetite for more power over we, the citizens of the state of Arizona. This, and is, it, this is why we have that, right? Limited. So important that we have constituents informed because informed constituents make good decisions mm -hmm. and it's important that we have people representing us down at the Capitol who will stand up and push back when government tries to overreach so you know and, and I have to this morning we have some uh, tennis match federal bill the Clean Water Restoration Act was sponsored by two Democrats, Overstar and Feingold, back in 2007. And their bill expanded the power of our federal government over state and local control. Mm -hmm. This is something that it's unacceptable, government overreach. And this brings concerns about the drought contingency plan that would give the state domination over virtually all water usage in the state of Arizona. As concerned citizens who value private property rights, we must not let our state government fundamentally erode the ability of citizens, county and local governments to manage their own water resources. Would this plan create an avalanche of new unfunded mandates to envelop state and local governments? That's a question that needs to be answered. Mm -hmm. Should state government have the ability to drive up costs to grow crops, provide water to cities to operate and maintain water storage and delivery facilities? Produce energy, including renewable power, build and maintain public transportation systems, deliver affordable goods and services to consumers, and carry out virtually any activity that occurs on land without state agencies constantly threatening to interfere. Mm. It's possible the governor's plan would virtually impact every business or job creating activity in our state negatively. While state legislators have been reluctant to sponsor bills in the past years, Representative Regina Cobb sponsored HB 2896 water rule management areas 
that include language that would allow voluntary or mandatory programs or practices for measuring, metering, monitoring, or reporting groundwater withdrawals and uses within the rural management area. And there have been no bills heard this session. Hmm. So, so, so um, her name was again Regina, Regina Cobb. Cobb. And um, to put this in party perspective, Democrat or Actually, we have had bills dropped by both Republicans and Democrats. So, yeah. And this has been an issue that's been ongoing for about the last five or six years. Mm -hmm. And in the past, we have been reluctant to drop bills going along with this because it is overreach down in to a life-sustaining element yeah. that do we want to give government control over something that we need in our daily lives. And it's kind of like what we were talking before we got on the air, our health care. Do we want to give government control over our health care? I would, I would line that again with water because if you don't, if, if you control water, you control a whole lot of people and a whole lot of, of, of properties as well. That is very true, city and county governments. Uh, a few years ago, the federal government came down with the ruling that we must reduce arsenic in the water to 10 parts per billion. Mm -hmm. Now imagine, 10 parts per billion. Mm -hmm. That's like pouring a cap full of vermouth into Lake Michigan. Yet, in a small community, Black Canyon City, they have seven wells and it costs them a half a million dollars to come into the arsenic abatement. Wow. Well, of course, so. they had to pass that on to the citizens because, you know, of course, they're not going to eat the cost of implementing those mm -hmm. programs. So that's just an example of what that one ruling from the federal government cost we the people. Mm -hmm. And you have to ask, 10 parts per billion? Yeah. In some places, of course, arsenic was a little higher than that, but, you know, I'm told a little arsenic doesn't hurt you. Maybe even good cancer can we fighting. get a, Can we get a second opinion on that, right? <laughs> There's no second opinion out there when the federal government says, you shall, that's where you're going to be. That is true. And now, can you, can you uh, adjudicate that decision at all, Judy, or is that just, it's in concrete? It's a federal mandate. Gotcha. So the one who could change it would be Congress. Hmm. Yeah, and the, an act of Congress, literally. Yes. Yeah. So, um, Shelly, let's talk about you a little bit. Now, you're a rancher. Mm -hmm. How does all this affect you? Well, I think, just from what I'm reading, it's going to affect us a lot. Um, if they put meters on our wells, mm -hmm. um, we have 34 wells on our ranch. And depending on the year, whether it's a wet year or a dry year, depends on how much water is in the in those wells. Aquifer, yeah. Yeah, in the aquifer, yes. Um, if they if they meter the well, and I have no idea if this means we can only use so much water, or they're going to charge us an exorbitant amount for that water. If we, I, I even heard that. They might fine us if we use over a certain amount of water. Mm. Um, this water is for our cattle and the wildlife too. Um, it's just one more nail in our coffin. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you guys struggle enough when trying yes, to yes, it, you know, to keep the keep the the farm going, if you will. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for instance, right now.
McDonald prices are way, way down. Mm -hmm. They're over 40% less than they were a couple years ago. So, you know, it's a struggle. And if you have, if you have that many more sure. bills to pay or hoops to jump through, pretty soon a lot of ranchers will be in the same boat that we are looking at. Um, if it continues this way, we're going to have to just shut down. And so. when you say we're just going to have to shut down, folks, we're talking about our food. We're talking about the food supply that we all depend on. You know, one of the things I learned many years ago, I have friends in the Midwest, and I learned a lot about where our grains come from, where our corn, our feed corn, our soybeans, and how that affects us and their land as well. And I don't want to turn this conversation into Kansas, but that's where I'm at. But it, it does, you know, we, we depend on these folks and we depend on them a lot to, for our everyday living. Um, and they start getting metered and shut down. It's going to affect all of us one way or another. Again, just like when the federal government takes land, it affects all of us on our tax base. Judy, let me ask you this question with Shelly. You know, she brought up some good comments about metering. Who, who decides you're using too much water? Who decides how much water you're going to use? Who are, you know, like the people at the, the, with all those contrails, I always say, who are they? Who are they that they make those decisions on water usage? You know, as part of the drought contingency plan, uh, what's happened is, is the governor has broken the state down into 28 different areas, or 22 areas, and there are people within those areas looking at water use and what would be best for them in that area. Mm -hmm. However, you know, ultimately it's up to the governor's office, mm -hmm. and if he can get, well, by executive order, he set this committee up, and I understand that it's passed. The federal government has came down and put a mandate on the state that either you do it or we're going to do it for you. This was the same as what happened with the electric generation, mm -hmm. the cleanup up at the Navajo Generating Station. When they put a mandate on you, either it's either or. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, it will be the governor's office who has the final say-so on. But in the meantime, there's the ultimate question looming out there What's going to happen? How is it going to be implemented? When is it going to be implemented? Mm -hmm. And who's going to monitor it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question. And what's it going to cost again at the very end? You know, again, I, I know you're saying the governor's office, but are there, is the governor's office, is, are those cattle ranchers? Are those the farmers that are making those decisions that are giving that information to the government? Or are they just some bureaucrat? Again, I go back to our healthcare who tells us, you know, we do need an MRI or we don't need an MRI. Well, as you see, the bill contains information. And if the bill had been heard and passed gone up to the governor's office, then they would be implementing the meters on wells. Mm -hmm. And so that is one of the things that we hope that those bills never get heard and passed in yeah. the committee. Yeah, good point. Hey, Prescott, I forgot to say at the very beginning, if you have any questions for any of the, on any of this subject, by all means, type it into the comment section, um, and we'll get it to the experts here who, are, uh, who, who obviously know a lot more than I do about this issue. And uh, Shelly, I, I would refer to you kind of like boots on the ground. You 
this would directly affect you and, oh, and, and, and your fellow ranchers. Well, so not only there's ranchers. nobody better to answer these questions yeah. than you. Not only ranchers, and it definitely will affect ranchers in a big way, but in the rural, in the rural areas everywhere here in the state, most people have their own wells. Mm -hmm. They're not all rich. Right. You know, this will affect them also. And it costs. I and mean, it costs money. It's a yes. substantial amount of money to yes. have a well drilled. Yes, it is. And, and, and to the point where it has good yes. potable water that you can use, right? Right. Yeah, at, at least it's going to cost you at least $20,000 mm -hmm. uh, to drill a well, say, 200 feet deep. Um, depending on where you're at in the state, I know in the valley, in, uh, on the desert floor, uh, most generally you're going to drill at least 600 feet. It's going to cost you no less than forty to fifty thousand mm dollars -hmm. to drill a well. And on the plateau uh, in northern Arizona, a thousand feet is not unheard of, mm -hmm. and it's pretty much uh, it, it takes it out of out of the realm of being able to do it right. for so many people. Gotcha. So, what if anything does a is there any input at all from uh, the water agencies at all about these wells, Judy? Um, as far as the sustainability of them, um, Shelley was talking about it. Really depends on the weather conditions, how much rain we get, drought. You know whether we're in drought or not drought. Um, is there any consideration on that with any of this that we're speaking about? I believe there is. I don't know to what extent, so I cannot answer that question for you. Okay, good. Cool. Well, um, what else you got? Well, we wanted to kind of change gears here. You know, last week we heard about the travel contingency plan of the Forest Service and BLM, mm -hmm. and so I would have Shelley read BLM's mission statement. Okay. BLM's vision statement is to enhance the quality of life for all citizens through the balanced stewardship of America's public lands and resources. Uh, the vision statement by BLM is all about the impact of the organization wants to be known for in the protection of American lands. The statement relates to the following two points. One, enhance life. Two, balanced stewardship. BLM understands the strong bond between the environment and the quality of life. To enhance this, the organization commits its resources to maintain the wholesomeness of the American lands as they are a critical component of the life of Americans. It does this through legislation and other regulations. Other than this, it also actively participates in the reclamation and rejuvenation of destroyed habitats, making it a steward or protector of nature. Hmm. My question is, the, this enhanced life and balanced stewardship, that is such a broad, those are just words. What are they talking about there? Hmm. Whose life gets enhanced? Mm -hmm. What life gets enhanced? This balanced stewardship? Um, I don't see balanced stewardship in the way they they operate these lands, but yeah. that's just me. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> your take, Judy. I'm going to read you a, a statement. 
In the last days of the Clinton administration, the Forest Service adopted the Roadless Area Conservation Rule, which identified 58 million acres from which access and logging roads were to be removed. In the West, the Forest Service and the Bureau of Land Management are driving ranchers off the land by reducing grazing allotments to numbers that make profitable operations impossible. Inholders, people who have recreational cabins on federal land, are discovering that their permits are not being renewed. The Fish and Wildlife Service is forcing people off their land through designations of wetlands and critical habitat, which render the land unusable for profitable making activities. And this is a report written by Henry Lamb, Sustainable Development on Transforming America. That's totally contrary to what they she claim their mission statement is. Yeah, yeah. You've got the bureaucratic, this is what we believe and this is what we're actually doing. And so with our travel management planning, they're planning on shutting down 3,000 miles of roads within the Forest Service and on BLM land, it's really contradictory. We've been fighting this since 2012 and again, we're picking it up and, and going for it again because yeah. ever so often they decide they're going to do this. And so as you see, they claim that uh, ecologically they need to do that to preserve the land. Again, the overreach that we continuously have to battle. And so... And there's so many fingers to that overreach and this is just one of them, right? Yes, it is. It's that, I mean... This is why we need we, this. Yeah. And this is why we need good people like are we the people to fight back yeah. and stand up to their government and say, no, we're not going to allow you to do this. And, and the reason we're bringing this out, folks, is because, again, like Judy said, an informed public is an efficient public. We, we're, if we're informed about what's happening here, we can make a difference. And to all the people, and I, I think my audience mostly here is very conservative and we do believe in the Constitution, and we need to stand firm and fight back to overreach. I totally agree with you. It's, you know, we the people who need to voice our opinion, we need to get up there and say, not on our watch. Yeah. We have to be vigilant for future did you, generations. Did you read my comments children. out there? Because that's is my, I always said, not on my watch, not, not during this time. You know, my dad was a combat vet and he fought for the country in this constitution and they turned a great country over to my generation, our generation. And by gosh, we're not gonna let them do it on our watch as well. We need to stay vigilant and we need to fight back. And so when we talk about this overreach, Judy, how do we do that? Where do we go? What are your recommendations to the people that are watching this? How do we fight back? One of the things that we need to do is stand together. I think that we, down at the legislature, need to be vigilant of what's happening and if they overreach at our state level we have the ability to fight back we need to be in contact with our congressmen mm -hmm. and make sure they understand what's happening because they're the frontline person we're the frontline person with the legislature here right. with the local government you know we have we have city we have county all of us need to stand firm together and push back Exactly. And again, you know, contacting your senators, your your congressmen, uh, not only federal in the federal government as well as in the Senate or the state. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, um, and, and being informed on what's is there anywhere that the public that are watching this can go? Are there any websites or anything that they want to learn more about any of this that 
that they can go to? You know, I would say that they need to watch what's happening at the Capitol. There is live feed from the Capitol that they can, can tune into and see what bills are being heard. I know we have people who watch the bills that are coming up for vote. Mm -hmm. That's very important because then they can inform their constituency of of the bills that's coming up and that we need to push back against or have our You want to add to that, Shelley? Yes, I do. Um, I believe that the public has a responsibility of educating themselves on, on these issues. Of, it affects them. These Forest Service lands, the BLM lands, they're public lands. They should not be fenced off of them. Mm -hmm. They should be able to enjoy them also. Mm -hmm. um, these, these uh, uh, statements that are in here about closing these roads, they're closing it off to everybody. Um, so if you're an outdoor yeah. enthusiast, yeah. if you're a hunter, if you yes, like going exactly. out, you know, like us, I'm a recreational goal guy, you know, if you yeah. want to get out there, they're closing all that access they're off. They're closing it off. And not only that, they're affecting the wildlife, too, because if they, they fence off, the public, that includes the ranches that are on those lands. And the ranches are the ones who supply the water, make sure there's, a, there's water running in those wells. Uh, they're the ones that put salt out for the wildlife. You know, uh, if they don't, if, and if there's not cattle there, um, I don't see where any Forest Service people are going to be going out there checking to see if there's enough feed uh, or if there is too much feed and the wildlife are not getting the waters they need, they leave. The wildlife will leave mm -hmm. and the land itself will start overgrowing. It'll take a little while, but it'll start overgrowing and we will see major fires again. Mm -hmm. um, we all need to work together on this. It's right. not just the federal government knowing what to do because they don't. Do the ranchers have some kind of communication where they can talk with the, the public like me? I'm not a rancher. I'm just a guy that lives in Prescott. Is there like a, a forum or an internet site that you all have that kind of give these concerns it's, to folks? It's pretty, um, mostly it's neighbors visiting mm -hmm. with their yeah. neighbors. Yeah. Um, and there, there are, there are. There's conservation districts here in, in the state. Um, the Triangle and Chino Winds uh, Natural Conservation District right here uh, around Prescott and Chino Valley, um, they have a newsletter. Mm -hmm. we, we put this newsletter out and trying to inform the public, trying to get, get a foothold in being able to inform the public of what it is that they do for conservation. Mm -hmm. What, you know, and how everyone can help and how, how the ranches do. Ultimately, they're the ones who take care of the land. Mm -hmm. um, so you say so. there's a newsletter out. Do you know how, how one would get a hold of that newsletter? And if not, yes. it's okay. Just let us know afterwards and we'll, we'll post it afterwards yes. after the interview. Um, I, I can't off the top of my head tell you the website, yeah. but I can most certainly give it to you. Okay, so, that'd be awesome. Yes. Just let me know yeah. afterwards, and we'll yeah. we'll attach there's, it to this interview. Yeah, there's sure. also the Arizona Cattle Growers mm -hmm. uh, Association. Uh, they have uh, uh, a catalog that comes out every month. Mm -hmm. Subscribe to it. Mm -hmm. It's amazing what you'll learn about your land. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. It's true.
And you know, no, no one is better stewards of the land than the ranchers, mm -hmm. who depend on the land for their livelihood. Right. Well, it's it's our life. It, it, it's the Arizona lifestyle. I mean, cattle and ranching, and you know, that's been around for you know, longer than most of us, especially me, have been in Arizona. So, um, you know, we need to respect that, and we need to uh, again hold up, especially when we have government encroachment on water and land, and, yes. and that affects us all. Like I said, we, when I talked with Mark Fincham, Representative Mark Fincham, he was floating HB 2092, uh, combating the overreach, and you know, what took me on that a lot was federal land isn't taxed, we don't have a tax base, so we wonder why we have, you know, uh, a problem with our schools and our infrastructure, because most of Arizona is owned by the federal government, and they don't pay us taxes. We only have 13%. That's true. So when we talk about water and we talk about uh, the effect on ranchers, again, how it hits us, how it hits us at home, is when we go to the grocery store and we're going to buy a steak or we're going to buy you know, some other commodity, that is where it's going to hit all of us. We're going to pay more at the end. This is true. And also the grazing leases and the mining leases, go to offset your property tax bill. Mm -hmm. It's called basic state aid. And with them losing their ranches and not being able to have the grazing leases, it's going to impact you even more on it. So it's really important, you know, stewardship of the land, yeah. not only that, but we need to keep up our essential services in the state of Arizona, fire, police, who are our first line responders. Mm -hmm. and. Um, we certainly appreciate them along with our veterans. Sure, sure. And we also appreciate our ranchers and the people out here every day who do their, their best to keep the state of Arizona moving forward. Yeah, I agree. Well, um, Shelley, do you have any closing statements that you'd like to, to add? Because we're... Well, uh, I, I just know that this is coming to a head where there's so many, and I'm going to say as far as ranches and farms too, we're getting to the point where we can't do this any longer if, it, if we have more regulation, more costs, uh, more things against us. There's, there's nothing we can do but just sell out, retire, quit. And it is going to really affect everyone. That would their, be a tragedy. Yes. It their, would be a tragedy. Their food costs are going to go up. Mm -hmm. um, the ability to get good food is going to be an issue. Um, uh, their lands that they love to go out and, right. and picnic on and, and camp a lot of in. That, a lot it's, of that is, is it's going to be affected. Passed by family to family yes. to family too. Yes, so. exactly. I mean, we're so, destroying the very fabric of exactly. what our country was built on. I mean, yeah. you know, when we when we talk about the farmers, um, we we saw the effect of, of of some of the trade deals, and now our government had to supply, you know, uh, give money to the farmers to keep them afloat because China and all all that stuff that was going on there. I'm not going to get into that as well, but you know, um, we have to support you guys, and we need to support. The people, our generations that have farmed and stayed in, in, in agriculture uh, for the benefit of all of us. That's true. Am I 
That's am I true. am I speaking to the choir? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think I I are. might be because again, I, I will tell you, Shelley. Uh, uh, you know, I'm I don't know that much about the farming and the cattle ranching here in Arizona, but I do for years have gone and rode combines and sat on planters and and I hear the the trials and tribulations of the farmer out there. And it has, you know, if it's not bad enough that the weather gives us a challenge, you know, or some, some other issue, then we have the federal government who's going to fight us as well. I mean, there's a point where you just say, how can I continue to and go forward? That's true. The, the ranching and farming industries, they are really, uh, they have so many things that they have no control over. Mm -hmm. You don't have control basically over your government. Um, they seem to do whatever they want. You do not have control over the weather mm -hmm. and you have to live with the weather. You have to live with mother nature. Yeah. And as with all of these other things that are added to that, there's, there's a point when there's you just can't do it anymore. And, and you've, you can see the, the statistics are huge of how many farms and ranches have disappeared. Closing statements, Senator? Well, thank you so much for having us as your guest here today. And I think it's crucial that the people in the state of Arizona be aware of what's happening around them in their government. And the only way that we can do this is through the media. Mm -hmm. and inform them of what overreach government is going down to and the lengths that government will go to to get control over things. It's we the people who have to stand up and really push back and it's we the people who have the final say or should be over what's happening especially if you encroach upon our Constitution because we certainly have the Constitution to stand on our side with. So. Let's, let's get involved. More and more people need to get involved. Gotcha. Well, thank you both for, again for coming on. I really appreciate it. It's a great conversation. And you know what? I bet I have another show about this. What do you think? Because, again, it's, it's so important that we, the people, get this information out there so that we know what's going on. So when we go to that ballot box, because that's where it hits, when we go to that ballot box, that we're informed when we, when we start pushing the buttons are doing our checks, right? So um, we'll keep you all informed and keep you going uh, on this subject. Uh, again, Prescott, I thank you so much for coming in and, and joining us today. Um, as always, I close the show out with uh, saying thank you to our prior and, and, and current serving military for giving us the opportunity that we can sit at this table and, and speak to these issues. And, um, and again, we just say thank you so much our fire and police for keeping our streets safe. And with that, we'll see you next Friday. Thank you, Prescott.